to season two of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected, where we share inspiring stories with artists and art professionals on a wide range of topics, including race, work ethics, inspiration, and the ways in which art influences and is affected by culture. Join us as we continue the journey of sharing the interesting and inspiring stories of some of today's hottest artists and art professionals in the industry. Let's go. On this episode, we're joined by Shayla Mitchell. Shayla provides art advisory to private, public, and new collectors looking to navigate the contemporary art market. With a deep understanding of the art market, Shayla Mitchell Advisory helps clients build fine art collections. Founded in 2018, Shayla Mitchell Advisory's strength is building cultural and medium-diverse art collections. She works closely with clients to understand their needs while focusing on the best ways to execute their goals. In addition, Shayla provides art direction for projects that seek to establish a fresh creative perspective. Shayla Mitchell, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm really looking forward to learning a little bit more about you and the work that you do in the arts. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here, chopping it up with you. Absolutely. Looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's jump right in. How did you initially get involved in the art world? I came from the fashion world. I was a fashion stylist for 10 years and lived in New York. I had already started collecting little bits of art, and I worked in a very not-so-healthy environment. And when I left, I kind of had this conversation with myself, like, you know, the powers that be or my bosses or the people that I really feel like was hindering my growth are present all over the fashion industry. So it's not like if I leave this place and go to another place that that person wouldn't exist. They kind of exist everywhere. So I was like, I'm done with fashion altogether because black people are the authors of culture. And then when we come into these spaces, we're just not given the space and agency to really share creativity. So this painter and homie of mine, Allison Kowser, I had been in her studio and it was like therapy sessions and knowledge of bit about like how I hated my job. And I was like, I want to open an art gallery. And this is in 2017. And she was like, I think you could do it, but I think you should pump your brakes. Like you already kind of do advisory. Um, it's easier to start. You don't have to go from this crazy fashion environment that you were into another environment. You could just kind of move slowly. And I was like, she's actually onto something because if my end goal is to have a gallery, then I can build my contacts up and really learn about art sales. You know how the contemporary art market works. And my husband's a graphic designer. He did the logo on Wednesday. I put the Squarespace up. And then I've just been going hard ever since. <laughs> and what would you say, firstly, quick question. Do you hear a lot of the background noise? No. Okay. Do you hear mine? No, but I have my I have a woman here that's doing some cleaning at the house, and I know she's moving around with the broom, so I don't know. I don't hear anything. Okay, okay, yeah. cool, cool. So you touched on something that I kind of want to get back to, which is you know black creativity being in white spaces and often yeah. feeling you know one can't fully express themselves or maybe fully be celebrated for what they bring to the table and i just want to talk a little bit more about so like what were the what were some of those day-to-day experiences like for you in the fashion world because it sounds like those are the things that ultimately led you to leave that industry to find an industry where you felt like you could express yourself and be you yeah 
I have a fun fact before I answer the question. My coworker was the painter Delphine Desai, mm. actually. Mm. That was my coworker, and we both were in this position where we couldn't get promoted, and like our ideas were not embraced. And now look at us, like excelling and just showing you, like when given the space, you know, black women are just phenomenal. So what that was like, I had there was white leadership, and because there wasn't experience there, I think my boss came from production and not fashion and so she was very insecure about anyone who knew a little more than her she wanted me to be dominant and to really be inauthentic she tried to control who I could hang with after work um she told me that hanging with other black co-workers were making my team feel uncomfortable <laughs> and it was just like and because I was very honest and open with her I was kind of penalized for that and so yeah just like passive aggressive stuff so like if you style a look and your editor doesn't like it they'll have you call do a reshoot she would make me reshoot so many of my things even if they were fine just then exercising her power in whatever way she could to let me know that she was in charge and I was always challenging her they wrongfully fired a black editor to put her friend in the position of that black editor so mind you her friend and the black editor applied at the same time and the black editor got the position. She quote, she had her in the thick in the space and then after her three month probation came, she fired her and brought her friend on. So kind of seeing those kind of injustices happen in the workplace that just nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. But if I made a small mistake, it was always like augmented and, you know, kind of drilled into the ground or like coming to me as a mother at 3.45 when we get off at 4 p.m. and telling me to stay late, me telling her that I could to do that with such short notice and be kind of going back and forth. It was just so many different toxic things or just her mindset and their mindset was just Yes, yes. I think that so many young black professionals who work in America and work sort of in, I mean, in so many different kinds of industries, one could try to lump this into just corporate, but it's really not just corporate. It could be like at any point in which you're working in an environment where you're one, one of one or one of two. And, you know, like the hierarchy of your job is one in which the person who's telling you what to do and your boss is always white and you're always a person of color. Right. And feeling and, and like experiencing these microaggressions on a day to day basis and then like watching companies outwardly and publicly talk about like diversity and inclusion, right? And talk about wanting to sort of tip the scale, you know, tip the scales and kind of like balance things out by hiring more black people or hiring more black people in executive roles. But it always ends up feeling incredibly performative. It is. And this company definitely posted a Black Lives Matter post and I was firing up those comments like you guys don't even care about the black employees that work for you and it was a whole thing. But um I always, I love beautiful things. I love beautiful people, beautiful energy. I know that I'm always meant to work in a creative capacity and I kind of surrender to whatever that looks like for me in that moment. And in that moment, the next thing was art, just something that I've always been fascinated by. I really respect artists and what they do so much, not only the technical skills, but also like how they arrive at creating what they um, put out into the world is just incredible to me. So, yeah, and I didn't know that I was 
I mean, I, I know everything I touch is going to be all right, but I didn't know that I was going to be successful. I didn't know how this was going to turn out. I really just took a chance on myself, um, which I encourage people to do. Yes. You can, I, trust, no one. You can trust yourself more than anyone. You, you really can. Absolutely. Absolutely. I sort of want to go, go back to, you know, the go back to sort of when you started your gallery, but also wanting to ask you, you mentioned that you were sort of doing a bit of advising before you even opened your gallery and had this interest in art even previously. So can you talk a little bit about some of your art advising experience, maybe how you went from working in fashion, you know, professionally on a day-to-day basis, but maybe having this interest in art in the background and then how that interest in art got you to maybe your first clients or connecting with people and sharing that you had these skills and this knowledge about artists, which you could impart on potential buyers and work in an advising capacity. Yeah, let's definitely touch on it because I, I love a transparent ascension story. Like sometimes if you feel like someone's gone to A to Z, you're like, well, wait, what were the middle parts like? So let's go back to this job that I was working. I quit with no job lined up, which is very bold for me. And I, tarot is a tool that I use to kind of give me clarity in life. And I always like to share that because it's just not a mainstream thing, but I kept pulling these cards, like kind of telling me that I needed to leave the job. So I just, I just did it. And two days after I left my job, Intermix called me which was like a thousand dollars a day rate and so i was able to sustain myself grow my art business doing freelance fashion projects from solange when i get home i work on that film and being freelance gave me the ability to work for two weeks on that and then i was at barney's when barney's was closing i was kind of everywhere just kind of freelancing and but that freelancing gave me was the money to sustain myself while I grew my business, but also the flexibility. So like if I needed to be off for a month, I could be off for a month. And I just felt so empowered because once you step out of corporate America, you really check yourself. You're like, damn, I was really asking someone if I could take time off and it had to be approved. And how does that, you know, manifest in your body and being after you know, doing it all your life. So just being able to own my time that way. I no longer live in New York. I left in 2020, but when I lived there, if you ever visited my home, I had a living room full of art books. I love art books. I collect them. And so I said to myself, you know, I kept trying to apply for, you know, an arts program, but every time I tried to apply for something, something would come up. And then I started to understand that I wasn't meant to take this course. Sometimes we look externally for things to come to us. To, and, and, and I don't. I think it might be a little bit of whiteness seeping into the culture, but sometimes we always feel like we need a certificate program or we need to have a certain amount of academia, which I do think is important for certain professions, especially for like professional curators and whatnot. But like sometimes we think we need something outside of ourselves to validate what we think our purpose is. And so I kept trying to apply for these programs and it just wasn't working. And then I was like, my school is here. And I would just read and just read about artist practices and read about art history and read about contemporary art news every day. 
like every day I was reading something. And so, you know, that really strengthened me. So knowing a little bit of art history, but also with contemporary art, you have to know what's going on right now. So making sure, you know, I read the art losers and the, you know, hyper allergics. But that's how I kind of had the confidence to feel like I could advise just my personal taste and what I like and trying to kind of dismantle that wall for especially black collectors where it's like, how do we collect responsibly or, you know, how do we even collect? How do we build relationships, you know, with galleries? So that's where I got to, you know, to that point. I don't know if I fully answered your question, but... No, no, definitely. I think, as you mentioned earlier, that sort of ascension story and just, you know, being able to trace someone's path to how they've arrived at something is important, especially if you think about leaving a trail behind, right? Like, you know, just being able to pass the torch to someone else sort of requires that you share with them a little bit of how you even got there and how you sort of mapped out your career. So, yeah, no. I think your answers have been have been really wonderful. And it, it sort of got me thinking about what you just mentioned about sometimes feeling like you need something outside of yourself in order to feel validated. And I think that uh, across the board, that could be a very human experience. And then that can be compounded on with race and gender, right? As two Black women talking about personal experiences in 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 our professional lives and you sort of like what you go through from a gender and a racial standpoint, which is significant and can't be understated right yeah however I do sort of want to change a little bit of the focus of the conversation and talk a little bit about you know what are some of the things that you enjoy the most about your work what are some of the things that you find the most interesting and things that bring you the most joy in your sort of day-to-day professional life I, I love the flexibility I love that no two days of this. I'm very much, even though I don't think I'm as much of a people person as I once was, I love to be home with my family and just like kind of relaxing. That's where I'm at now. But I do love people and I love their stories and I love to hear about them. And so I get to experience collectors and kind of learn like what their intention is for collecting and how they started collecting. I get to connect with artists and just understand the innermost workings of their practice. And that kind of brings me joy. I think being an artist is hard. And so to choose that profession and just commit to it no matter what, especially for immigrant artists who I know, you know, American immigrant artists whose parents may feel like, oh my God, why did you choose to be an artist? And so I've spoken to many artists in that position who just felt like they failed their family or their family didn't fully believe in them until they reached a certain acclaim in their career so just like kind of hearing those stories I love paying artists like I love sending an artist a check like that's one of my favorite things to do I think just for me starting my art career you know getting your first clients and being paid it you know it's not even just about the money but there's this sort of validation within yourself with alignment, like, okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be, you know, this is working out. So I love doing that. I don't tear up anymore, but I'm such a Pisces. Like the first time I was able to pay an artist a large sum of money, like I was in tears because I just know what they were going through at that time and how substantial that was. But now I just get happy, no tears involved. And I also like just this radical presence. Like I was having a conversation the other day and 
of course I want to do so much to change the world. I have so many, I, I think what I was talking to Emmanuel Massillon and I was just saying our presence, just us being who we are meant to be is radical. Sometimes when we think about change, we're like, we got to do this and we got to sit on this board and we got to be on this nonprofit, but just being living in your true authenticity can really inspire others. And so I love getting DMs and emails from young women who want to be advisors. And sometimes we hop on Zoom and they ask me questions about how to get started. I love doing that because I didn't have that kind of nurturing when I came into the art world. So that's another highlight of my job. So I would say to summarize the storytelling, people's story, I do like technical components of art and you know, if it's a painting, I'm looking at the brush strokes and I want to know how everything is made and and also making sure artists get paid. Yeah, yeah that's such a such a big part of it, right? <laughs> yes. There's like yes. this incredible labor and creative output and then you see people make, you know, millions of dollars off of artists on the secondary market and they make nothing. A lot of people don't know how the secondary market works. They think the artists are making money. It seems like there's a lot within the art world that is being more talked about publicly these days, but for such a long time, if you weren't in involved, you probably didn't really know what was going on. And so one might see, you know, a news clipping or a headline and see auction results and big numbers and millions of dollars and think, wow, this must be so amazing for the artists. But if you have no idea how, like how the industry works, you don't realize that the artist got absolutely nothing. So in terms of your, you know, your your gallery, do you formally represent artists? I do. I currently represent two artists and I have my own personal personal checklist of things that I want present in an artist before I represent them. And it, it has a lot more to do with their skill and their practice. I've been thinking a lot about professionalism and what that really means. And I, I don't I just want to have a family-oriented business where the people I represent feel like that. So yeah, I represent two artists, Nate Palmer, um, a DC-born, Brooklyn-based Black photographer, and then Celia Rockington-Draney, who is from Madagascar and is also French and is based all over the world. The girl is in Lisbon now, but when I first started working with her, she worked in Germany. Is she doing an artist residency in Lisbon? She just moved there for a change of scene, scenery and, you know, just to feel happier with her production schedule. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny. A friend of mine is like leaving to leaving New York to go to Lisbon rather quick, rather soon and is like going to scout apartments and like see the city and see if he wants to like move there. And I have a lot of yeah. friends like that who, who who are just like they're ready to go to some other part of the world and, and build a life. And they're like, I'm not tied to you, the U S I'm not tied to America. Like there's a whole world yeah. out here for me to explore. No, it really is. And I heard the art scene out there is cool. So maybe we need to make our way out there. Yes, absolutely. I feel, I feel a trip to Lisbon is definitely in our future, whether, whether, yeah. you know, separately or together, all the above I'm with it. <laughs> or, or, or both exactly you know? yeah exactly you know like maybe <laughs> i've been also thinking about like a self a self-directed residency that i might want to do just sort of having some time away to kind of like think through some new projects and some new ideas but as we round out the episode you know any advice that you would want to impart on someone who's interested in doing the work you know because 
as a as a cultural producer and as critical thinkers who are engaging in like what culture looks like on a day-to-day basis in the art world, I feel like we have not only a lot of innate power within ourselves, but also a really big responsibility. So I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts about, you know, just inspiring others who, who want to sort of maybe follow in your footsteps or are or, or yeah. inspired by you. Absolutely. My first recommendation would be to discover your intention. You know, no matter what you do in life, whether you're a cook or an art advisor, the intention has to be set. So anything that comes in your path, you'll know whether it's right or wrong for you. So if your intention is to really help artists, you might not want to sell their work on the secondary market. You know what I mean? You might not want to participate in certain activities that don't align with your values. My second word of advice would be to be authentic and when you see someone succeeding, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily mimic their path. They're just a, a signal for you to be in alignment with what's authentic for you. And so you're going to bring something to advisory or to the dealer space or to your gallery that I don't have. And I bring something that you might not have. And so the more authentic you are, the better, because we get to experience something in you that might activate something within us and we need you you know we need you guys and we need you to show up fully as your true self if you want to work in an art role you have to enjoy reading that would be my third recommendation but yeah go out there you're not gonna fail trust yourself fully and and figure out your own way to to get to where you're going it's enough space for all of us here couldn't agree more couldn't agree more well, Shayla, thank you so much for joining the episode. I'm so happy to have you on the show. And I can't wait for everyone of our listeners to hear a little bit about your story and your journey into the arts. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, your presence, your beauty, your grace. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you. I know I'm going to see you at NADA. So very much looking forward to that. All right. <laughs> well, have a good one. Thank you, Shade. You're welcome, Shayla. Thank you, too. Bye-bye, love. Bye. Bye. That was our episode with Shayla Mitchell. I want to give a big shout out to Shayla and a thank you for joining us on this episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected. And it's a wrap, folks. That's our episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected. Conversations on culture and current events with some of today's hottest creative contemporaries. These episodes were recorded in between New York and Miami and reflect the times we are living in while also adding some commentary to the social, cultural, and political issues of the past year. I'm your host, Folashade Ologundudu, and we'll see you next time. As always, stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay up. Peace and love, y'all. We out.